Welcome to the Zay Play Podcast. All right. Intro is going to be nice and swift. We're going to run through some things because we got a lot of philosophy to talk about. So we're going to hit TV and sports at the top of the day. And then at the end, after philosophy, probably round it out with some music. It's getting hot. So a lot of music's coming out. So definitely we'll try to uh, hit all the points there. But let's start with sports. I hope you guys like dipping sauce because the Nuggets are going to the finals. That boy Joker and that boy Murray don't play, yo. They out here trying to get them one. Now, if the Heat go to the finals, we're going to have a – it's going to be a good series either way. But, dude, the Celtics, they're going to have to do something. They're going to have to do something because they're about to get broomed, sweeped, swapped, swamboozled, swaggieslied. Get them out of here, bro. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, step up. I don't know what you're doing. You're supposed to be carrying your team. And your team kind of looks like they're carrying you. Come on. Um, But, yeah, it's sad to see Braun go out like that with the Lakers. And it's sad to see the Celtics, you know, not reach their potential. And just to touch on this. Leave LeBron's son alone. Leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Just leave him alone. Let him get to the NBA. (sighs) Sheesh, man. Y'all just, y'all don't know what to do with people's personal lives. It's brutal. Brutal. Okay. Keeping it pushing. Um, We got... TV, the silos getting interesting. It's coming out with the weekly shows. I can review every week. Uh, so sorry for like y'all just going to either have to catch up, but we spoil them. Succession, fire. That speech, those two speeches at the end, dope. Dope. And Kendall's right, might not have been a good guy, but you got to respect someone who had that much power. Built it. Got to respect them. Citadel's kind of dying off for me. I started class of 09. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, I'm kind of enjoying the the mystique of it. I think new episodes are on Wednesday for that one. Silo's starting to get interesting. We're going to see if this girl actually makes it outside. Apple don't be playing with these shows. Um... They're pretty, it seems pretty well directed. It seems like, uh, seems like it was a book. You know what I mean? It seems like they're playing it off of a book, which is fine. Uh, finished couples therapy and couples therapy is a good show. If you're trying to get the person you're with to do some sort of like therapeutic work, you can kind of like talk about what they talk about and enact it. But the show doesn't necessarily characterize how one-sided some relationships can be so and it does that on both sides so i don't know overall it was pretty good though i i can't say i don't recommend it and then what else we got silo citadel succession couples therapy 
trying to see. I don't I don't think I'm really watching anything else. I think those are the mains with, along with sports, but I, I keep my eye out for new shows, trying to keep it cool, keep it good. Um haven't gotten to back to the affair in a while and accused is finished up, so nothing really there. But yeah, I really been enjoying the class of 09. That that's been pretty good and Silo I would say are my top shows. Succession's always good, so that that's to get a given basically. But yeah, that's kind of how it's been going. Um, for me personally, it's been a pretty good week. I I could guess and kind of say had some rough patches. Had a lot on my mind. Just trying to be active, trying to keep things rolling, trying not to get caught up. But just kind of like the theme of this week is just I'm just trying to stay gracious. I'm just trying to accept certain things, just graciousness and acceptance, make it through this change, and just taking it one day at a time, one day at a time. Whenever I'm struggling, whenever I'm down and out, I'm just like, hey, 24 hours, bro, just get to the next one, get to the next one, get to the next one. So, yeah, but uh, I got a good philosophy section, got a pretty good, some bright ideas, so hopefully y'all enjoy, and uh, yeah. Thanks for coming to the Zay Play. Oh, almost forgot. Let me do let me do this before we get into the philosophies because y'all, I already know some of y'all going to be on my case. These are theories. This is discourse. This is not real. This is just discussion. Okay. So don't, and if you don't want to listen, and don't. If it makes you mad, don't listen. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I'm I'm just gonna share some thoughts, you know, hit a few topics and uh, skedaddle. Okay, a little current events that I wanted to touch on. One of them being uh, George Soros. The second being the TikTok ban. The third being expectations for the summer. All right, and next episode we might do a, like a little summer episode, and I'm also thinking about a lot of things coming to the Zay Play, okay? A lot of things, team. I'm thinking about starting a podcast. I think I'll keep this one, just me, but then I might do a team, the team podcast with some other members. I definitely need to get some interviews on here, but let, let's jump into the topic. So George Soros, they out to get him. They out to get him. Uh, a lot of politics has been kind of crazy and kind of getting swept under the rug. I mean, you got the Soros stuff, the Epstein stuff. Soros about to be locked away for a long time. Um, Bill Gates and Epstein. Sheesh. Bruh. How you get caught with a little girl and you got millions? Millions. Bruh. That shit. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Also, Epstein didn't kill himself. That's painfully obvious. Then we have the TikTok ban. Now, this is actually the most interesting thing. Montana has like a geofence up, I guess, for TikTok. So you, you can't access it. And I guess if you do or something, you'll be fined or I don't know. And this right here is a big problem, right? Because one... What stops someone from creating a different sort of TikTok? Two, um, this kind of interferes with like some of our civil liberties. It, it's supposed to be for protection of the country, but how much are you going to sacrifice liberty for protection? 
And then three, China already has these things in place. Their society already conforms to this sort of like, uh, I mean, the internet is pretty policed pretty well in general. We only see about maybe 5% of the internet while the rest of the internet is the dark web. So you can't really stop it. But this kind of is helping the United States transition into a state that's more like China. Because once you start, you can't go back. So I'm not super worried, but I think there is um, cause for concern. Just got to be careful. Just got to be careful. Can't let... um, Can't let other countries take such a strong advantage. But even though the U.S. is on the decline, which I would say... It's on the decline in, I don't know, the first time for a long time, dude. Like, I'm trying to think of an, maybe the Great Depression in the United States was on a decline. But if it was like a stock market uh, stock, you had the United States going up, going up, going up, going up. You hit the Depression, a little dip. Then you get... Going back up, back up, back up. We hit that major recession of, I think it was 2004. Dip. Then we had another kind of like small recession, 2012 through 2016-ish. Kind of came out of that now. And then that just seemed to be economically we had a lot of worries. But now it seems to be um, culturally we have a lot of worries. And I think your culture is really what... A, like makes it acceptable for a country to follow you. You could be the best country in the world, but if you kill babies, no other country is going to follow you. So I think the United States culture is causing a lot of polarization on the world level. And it's not necessarily a good thing, but I also don't think the United States is completely wrong. A lot of these places that are rivaling with us use archaic structures and, and such. And I think technology is going to become either more of a religion or it's going to become a point of contention in religion, specifically due to AI and sentience. So a lot of interesting things going on, a lot of different uh, gears turning in the world. We got to keep that stuff in mind. And I'm just now getting into investing, so I can't wait to talk to you guys about some money and some investments that I can bring and actually give you guys maybe some real-world value right there. But other than that, things are pretty quiet, nothing too crazy. We got past corona, so I'm happy. I'm chilling. I wanted to touch on depression and narcissism because I feel like they're opposites. I feel like the opposite of narcissism, of thinking that you're the best and that you're the shit, is thinking that you're the worst and that you don't want to live. And I I feel like the way you can get someone out of depression is to kind of feed their ego to an extent. Um, get them, Find them something that they're good at. Um, tell them that they're good at certain things. Show them, really make them feel like, they're valued or are even better than you. I feel like that may be this sort of um, problem with narcissism and why some narcissism can can go way out of scale, right? 
someone who's so depressed that they kill themselves, the opposite of them would be someone who's so manic that they try to take over the world. Do you see what I'm saying there or think that they deserve everything? I think it's a interesting sort of dichotomy and in, in a way to like phrase things and push things against each other. And then the another point I wanted to make is uh, the use of logic. Logic is a tool and it's sort of like an arrow, but you get to choose what what direction you want to point the arrow in. So like like different lenses, like utilitarian. There are certain things that are more that fit that are logical from a utilitarian lens that won't be logical from like a critical lens or a critique lens. So really what logic is is a tool that allows you to jump from uh the next from wherever you're starting to the next point in that direction. So logic op- often depends on your orientation and what you choose um, to prioritize in a sense as the, um, thing you want to deduce. So uh, those are kind of shaky topics, but I also wanted to talk about pity. Now there's a difference between pity and mercy. I believe mercy to be a reward for honor, right? Um, you're merciful when, it would be unnecessary to destroy. But pity is different. Um, a quote that I recently have kind of thought of is that a coward is never alone. And as well as always craves pity. Um, cowards struggle to be alone because they they don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to be the one left left to deal with everything they they run away um they're and they're usually why cowards do so is to be with other people cowards also revel in pity because it makes an excuse for their actions and their cowardice and so when you when, when someone is giving you pity or you feel or you feel pitied if you don't have some sort of level of disgust from that then you're probably a coward in the truest sense of the word. Um, and, and being a coward is something that I think we all encounter from time to time. We all have, have shown cowardice. Um, I, and I, I could even say I'm experiencing something like that right now, not in a physical sense, but in the sense that um, I know that this is probably the best thing to do, but I am afraid to do it because not because of of mortal danger or because i'm afraid of being hurt but because i i i want to be greedy in a sense so cowardice can show itself in many many ways or um sometimes cowardice shows itself as in you you've done the right thing but you need to embrace kind of this idea that it wasn't enough, right? Like you need to, cowardice can show up when, I, I want to say when people struggle to accept, do you know what I'm saying? Like when people cannot come to grasp or terms with something. Um, 
cowardice is also some it's kind of like this thing where you it's different than terror you know what i mean it's this sort of um sheepish feeling and for some reason i just feel the the inherent tie to pity do you know what i mean as in like i feel bad for you because of this that and the third when as a as a non-coward you should be embracing those challenges i guess and and not going at them with any contempt but it's just the feeling of pity feels feels bad compared to being shown mercy i'm not i'm not thankful for the pity because if someone is is looking down on you in that sense as in like <clears throat> kind of like a like a, a someone who's more skilled than you, a basketball player or a soccer player, kind of like taking it easy on you because they feel bad and don't want to embarrass you. When you as a competitor want to compete in the truest sense of the word, you know what I mean? It, it takes away from the spirit of what it feels to be life when you're pitied. So, yeah, I just wanted to let you, let my thoughts go on that, man, and, and keep things pushing. I... I don't know. I'd rather um, be made like I'd rather have pride and be alone and be brave and not care what other people say or even have them not notice me (laughs) or even look, say bad things to me than be a coward and sort of be loved and pitied and looked down upon. I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong there, but uh, just wanted to share that with you guys. I know. And it's a brief, brief section today on this sort of philosophy, but I have a big sort of dichotomy uh, section coming up where I draw a pretty draw. I draw out one of my kind of like thought processes and theories. So I hope you guys enjoy that. It's going to be coming up right after this. But. Yeah, man, pity is a pity is a is a tricky emotion. It's tricky. I'm going to go and try to explain this in a concise manner. It is a theory on intersexual dynamics slash social conventions. And at its worst, it is a social critique. Um, But uh, what I really want to do is kind of I'm going to create a dichotomy and I'm going to explain it analogously through uh, male physicality. So, as we know, most guys are stronger than most girls. Just on average, direct line across age, at the extremes like in the WNBA versus the NBA, we don't expect the same from the players because of uh, physical differences that are uh, very apparent. And obviously, there's like exceptions to the rule. You have some women who are naturally athletic and stronger and some men who are naturally born a little bit weaker And, you know, there's definitely a middle ground. But for the most part, men are stronger than women. And this, to me, you know, it it makes me think, okay, if men have such a distinct advantage in this area, how does it even out um, when it comes to women? And what I started to think was, was maybe women's brains can process emotions slash social dynamics and relationships 
way better than guys do, even on an evolutionary standpoint. Um, and my theory is, is that the skill gap in physicality is the same as the gap bet uh, between men and women in physicality is the same as the gap between men and women when it comes to processing emotion and dealing and maintaining relationships. It's obviously there's a bell curve here. You obviously have guys who are naturally better at doing it than other guys. But for the most part, girls are highly advanced at this. So what, if, if you hold this dichotomy to be somewhat uh, true, there are, there are some inferences that we can kind of conclude here. Um, and I'll, I'll use uh, the physicality as kind of a uh, branch point. So as a guy, we grow up, um, for the most part, told not to be super physical. We were expressed um, that you're really rowdy. Um, you know, mostly we, we, we learn to rein in uh, our physical, our kind of instinct to physically dominate. We, we really have that reined in. And so most girls, when they encounter a guy, guys know to hold back or to not go as hard or they're kind of made aware that there, there's a difference here that you need to be responsible and account for. All, kind of like if a fighter was fighting someone a lot weaker than them, they would hold back. They wouldn't just knock them out. They would try to enjoy the fight and, and, and really kind of in, induce their skill. So now let's, let's flip that. Um, girls in social relations and their ability to be social is never dampered. It's never um, frowned upon. So the, instead of, it's different from guys, right? As in guys, it's frowned upon. And so this, this advantage for them is actually kind of leaned on and honed. And so now let's advance to like 12 or 13, right? Let's say a boy who, uh, you know, just starting to get, go through puberty, starting to kind of find interest in girls, starts talking to girls and uh, goes up to them and, you know, the girl kind of likes him, so they, they start dating. The chances that this dude comes out emotionally okay, slim to none. And here's why I, why I uh, and I'll explain it. So imagine you're a girl and you've never seen a guy be physical, never been around a physical dude. It just hasn't happened. You never had to have a physical interaction with a guy. One day you're about to fight a guy and you attempt to do it normally in a whatever. You learn very, 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 very fast that you can't deal with a dude. And usually most girls learn this at a really young age, that they're not as strong or as rough as guys. And so they, when you learn at a young age, it gives you longer time to grow and compensate. A lot of the time when uh, guys first are encountering girls, they've never been in love, have no practice of this. The same way as uh, kind of this naive attitude um, about it. And so when they lose and they end up hurt or she starts talking to an older guy or dealing with something, guys start to develop underhanded tactics, sort of like uh, the tactics that a girl would probably develop if she fought a guy physically and found out she couldn't win. She'd probably hone in on weak points like kicking him in the balls or stabbing him in the eyes. Now, these are not seen as like uh, honorable fighting tactics. Like if you're a man, like it's frowned upon, but it's what she would need to do to win, right? So it seems to me like a lot of these tactics that uh, are seen as underhanded or bad, such as cheating, um, I'm not, I'm not going to condone them, but I think they're developed 
from this idea that uh, I'm I, I'm at such a disadvantage. And it it also I think uh, using that same kind of analogy, most fighters usually want to fight someone of their same skill level, or it's boring. They can just knock them out. They know all their moves. I feel like it's the same with girls. They look for people to be on their level of socialness or ability to maintain a relationship, which is ideally why they end up going for older men. And things such as money, um, such as looks, all these things are used to like leverage against like the ability to manipulate in a relationship. And it, it's kind of stunning how in society we really encourage this about girls but compared to guys we don't so guys were told to rein it in while uh and and not judge people based off physicality while girls are told it's okay to judge people based off their emotional processing so imagine if all the guys were like hey girls that are not athletic or cannot compete uh with the lower percentile of men we don't need you there's something wrong with you you need to change you need to train more improve yourself so that you can be four more physically adept so that uh, men can have better relationships. Now, I know it's not a one-to-one -one exchange, but essentially what women are telling men is, hey, uh, you're not communicating enough. You're not emotionally, you can't process this emotion well enough. So there's something wrong with you and you need to get that fixed when it might be something we can't help. You see what I'm saying here? And so if this is the case, it kind of uh, puts young boys at such a disadvantage when it comes to like falling in love and like understanding relationships because you're getting the, sh the snot beat out of you at an early age. Just like if a girl fought a guy and didn't know how strong guys were, you know what I mean? You, you, you're getting blindsided. So I think a lot of these like uh, coping mechanisms and tactics aren't necessarily... Um, like don't necessarily come from nowhere or come from a bad place. It's, it's how they learn to deal with and get back at um, like being overpowered and destroyed, I think for the most part. Now there are definitely, I wanna acknowledge this, there are definitely occasions where uh, girls kind of bite off more than they can chew, but compared to the other way around, it, it's extremely rare, extremely rare. And a lot of the time we don't ever think about emotional processing and uh, being able to handle a relationship as a skill or as like something that you're born with. We don't really compare it to physicality, but it, it, it's really much the same. Like you learn techniques, right? So uh, a theory why part of the reason why girls are better at shooting in basketball is because they understand how to take a shot better because they need all the technique to get the ball into the basket compared to a guy who might just be chucking it up with power. You see what I'm saying there? Um, you develop techniques to learn how to improve and make up for your deficiency, which is why guys um, understand the pickup game so well. We have refined techniques instead of just going off intuition and having a natural sort of understanding. And another kind of analogy I wanna make is a player and coach analogy. Men being physically adept are kind of the players when it comes to the physical world. We can make better moves. We can um, interpret things a little bit better physically, logically, straightforward. And girls are kind of like the coaches. They kind of tell us what would be good, what we would want, and we produce it usually. Most inventions have been made to 
accommodate the home life. Do you see what I'm saying here? As in most, most physical things that guys create or to protect or support their family. So now let's take that and put it into a relationship. Women have the natural advantage when it comes to words and relationships and maintaining them. And so they are essentially the players in the relationship. A guy, you could try to draw up a plan and be the coach, but you don't really get to regulate the relationship. Um, and part of the reason is, is because guys don't control sex in the relationship. Uh, like how many times have you heard about marital rape from the wife's side raping the man compared to how many times marital rape has happened when the man is with the wife and it's that case. So this is what I kind of mean when I say like they we're not acknowledging like this strong difference like society imagine if society promoted men to be physical all the time. It was good to go into fights. You know what I mean? Um, men would be a lot different. We would be more adept at fighting. Uh, physicality would be a stronger part of the world. Or uh, to me, it's just, uh, I never really looked at it like that. I never really looked at it like, hey, maybe it's, it's not just your ability to process emotions. Maybe it's out of your control in that sense that you're not really comparing to them in their ability to do this. So it's kind of like what I kind of like to compare it to is like when you see a really strong man and he walks into the room and you're the only person in the room and you kind of get this like sense of fear because you know he can overpower you. Um, men should get a sense of fear when a very beautiful woman walks into the room and you can feel yourself kind of losing your edge and, and slipping into this kind of like euphoria. Um, it, it's just as dangerous and you can be just as destroyed. And so... The, the other part about it that is kind of weird and funky is that, yes, like, let's say, like, actually, it's kind of one-to-one -one in this manner, too. Um, physicality, there's raw physicality, and then there's technique, right? And so there's definitely emotional understanding, and then there's technique, which would be game. So I just wanted to draw that dichotomy out and really, like, think about it and postulate on it. And to me, it explains so much. And I'm not trying to give an out for guys or say that, like, yo, they shouldn't be able to step up and meet the challenge like a lot of girls have in common in today's uh, era. But it does kind of make sense to me that maybe there is a natural deficiency, an unavoidable deficiency um, that resides in, in, in guys. But also, like, personally, I think I'm very lucky in the sense that I'm very gifted with words. And I was one of those guys who was just born able to understand a little bit better. But even me, like compared to a per, like a professional woman or a super manipulative woman or a beautiful, I, I would probably lose. I, I probably would not be able to handle the tactics. I wouldn't be able to process my emotions correctly and, and do the right things. Um, and I, I've kind of experienced that in my relationship. I just feel like I'm very good at certain things which allow me to participate, but I just feel like I'm getting outpaced, like I'm getting outmatched, like I'm one step behind the pace in the initiative. That's, that's, that's how I feel. So I don't know if you guys have ever acknowledged this dichotomy or thought about it. Um, I think it, it explains a lot of things within um, the red pill praxology. And I think if we take a closer look, we'll find that it, it, it's quite true um, that... 
this emotional barrier is a lot harder to get over than we think. And the world right now, because it's so safe, it allows for this sort of non-physicality emphasis on emotion. And this kind of connects to my other theory, like this is necessary for the evolution of a species. Um, women have the XX chromosome. They're, they're more human than probably you would consider most males. So um, more data usually means better, uh, more options, which usually means more freedom, which usually means kind of like a better life. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a guy and you don't pick up on technique right now, you're going to struggle, dude. Because it, it, technique is what, what's standard. All the other stuff is what's going to put you over the edge. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation. It, it, it's a long one. It's kind of a windy explanation. But it makes sense to me. And it's, uh, I think, needs to look, be looked more into. But if it's true, we need, like, I just wish that girls would give guys a little bit more of a break when it came to some of the emotional stuff. Because we're, at, we're just at such a disadvantage. Like, imagine if you had to fight every day. Just fight, or like once a week every day, like a couple times a week. You would be really good at fighting. That's what girls do in relationships. They're maintaining relationships, constantly using words, talking to people, making new friendships and relationships on a skill that's totally different than most guys. And so, yeah, like there are some things that can catch you up, but I just ultimately think like it might be an inherent disadvantage, so... Yeah, but that's my thoughts on that. It's a little bit long of a rant, but I hope you guys enjoyed the thoughts. I mean, it's a deep conversation. And maybe, like, for you good guys, this will take a little bit off you. You know, you're thinking, what am I doing wrong? How come I'm not um, getting her back? Or how come she's, she's losing interest? Or how come, like, I can't seem to get a grasp on things? I'm sorry, but it just might be leverage, bro. You just might not be there skill-wise. You might have been good enough to get in the door and entertain her, but you might not have been good enough to keep her. So I know that's a tough thing, and I know right now it's not really popular to be on the guy's side, but I feel where a lot of guys are coming from. And, you know, there's no proof, exact proof to this theory, but oftentimes when I think, like, I think one of the reasons why guys do such underhanded things is because th that's the only way we feel like we can be even or... Um, stand with pride in the relationship so yeah Oof. it's a tough 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 weird interesting stuff but definitely am gonna try to you know see how this moves in my life and and it, it helped me re really relax about relationships and then like i'm the coach i'm not there on the court i'm not out there having any of the pressure applied i'm just drawing up the plays you know so and that's that's just the goal so yeah yeah that's that's gonna do it for the the philosophy slash theory section of the podcast i really drained this one out so definitely pick through it and definitely uh let me know if you have any major problems with it pretty slow music week this week um got us a kendrick verse though not bad not bad um what else we got? What else we got? Katrinime came out. Summer Walker dropped. Um, Simba dropped a song. We got a song from 38 Spesh. Um, got some albums coming out soon. I think I think Conway's coming. Benny's coming. Ransom's coming. 
<sighs> so, dude, tons to look forward to, almost too much. And I really need for the music section. I'm probably going to need uh, someone else on here to talk about music with, maybe play some music. Definitely when I get my setup, guys, <clears throat> it'll be a lot easier for me to incorporate music into the into the fray. But for right now, y'all going to have to manage. But yeah, um, that's, that's the music of the week. Artist of the week. Uh, let's give it to Anime. 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 Because y'all remember Caroline? <laughs> Old school banger. He's also got a few other catchy tunes. Like if if you like kind of rap, but you don't like kind of that greediness, that that kind of hardness, and, and you want something a little bit more flowish, a little bit more chillaxed, definitely check out Anime. I, I really like him as an artist. I mean, I don't even, I think he's a great rapper. I think he stays in his lane. He's you know, a pretty honest guy. I, I don't see too many flaws with Anime, so uh, definitely go check him out. And K Tronada, you know, they say K Tronada got them vibes. So, yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to Ransom's album, though. Director's Cut 4. It's going to be amazing. Um, Benny's album, I'm really looking forward to. I think it's produced all by Hip Boy and The Alchemist. Uh, I mean, Conway, that's a given. I'm really looking forward to that. But also the surprise project, you know, as things heat up, as we're about to go into the summer, we got Lil Dirt coming uh, this week. Just a lot of, a lot of albums and music coming this week in the hip hop world. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Hope you guys are too. But uh, that's probably going to wrap it up today for the Zay Play podcast. I appreciate you guys coming through listening, you know. Keeping it cool. Hope the team, hope the team's holding strong, and uh, just stay solid, y'all. I mean, one day at a time. That's really my motto. It's really been helping me this week. I'm just getting through it and getting to it. <laughs>